We often read this passage at a wedding. I suspect some of you have had that at your wedding. I know in the hundreds of weddings that I've done, that's kind of like the number one passage that's read. And that's a wonderful way to uh, embrace love. But I need a love that never ends. I need more than kissy facey. <laughs> wonderful job uh, with the children there, Hillary. Uh, I need a love that never ends. And that's the word for love in this passage. The word is agape. I remind you of the Greek, and it's the love that God has for us, the love that's best demonstrated in Jesus and what Jesus has done for us and living for us and dying for us and being raised again from the dead for us. It's that sacrificial love, the love, as it says in the passage, that thinks more about others than, than self. I need that kind of love, that love that never ends. Uh, Pastor Lisa and I are doing a, a series of sermons on great expect, expectations about what we can expect from God and what God expects from us as we begin this new year. And we're going through the, the Methodist vows, and the vow for today is about witnessing. And I've never put this together before, that this is an act of love. Uh, about sharing your faith in Jesus Christ is an act of love. I had a quote, and it says, uh, let's see what it says here, um, that the most loving thing we can do is to bring someone into a relationship with Christ. Each week we've had Helen Heston. She's a, a wonderful 20-year-old now at the University of Texas and grew up in this church and experienced some love here. And she's challenged us each week with her comments on each of these vows and Hear what she has to say about witnessing to her faith. This might have been the hardest question for me, mostly because I don't necessarily consciously think about witnessing to my faith, um, but I find that it like, most naturally comes up, um, mostly in times that I'm really passionate about something and I'm doing something that I really care about. I'll end up inviting people that I care about into that. Um, like for example, we have a Justice for Our Neighbors Legal Service Clinic uh, at the church that I'm a part of. And uh, I met a close, well, I met a woman who's now become a close friend of mine who needed legal services, but uh, most of the tra translators there only translate in uh, Spanish to English, English to Spanish. And so inviting people that I knew that were fluent enough in Arabic to come and help with this um, just seemed like the most natural conclusion. Um, I don't know if I would say witnessing to my faith for me is like about talking about it or like telling my story necessarily. I think that comes up in conversation, but it's mostly about doing something, being really passionate about it, and just naturally inviting other people around me into it because not seems illogical. Um, maybe that's too many negatives, but I think... Uh, it happens anyway, so maybe that's the how and um, the why, because um, when you're that passionate about something and the people, you're that passionate about the people around you, um, I think it, it will happen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you hear Helen say over and over again? Be passionate about something. What, what are you passionate about? That, that's infectious. That's that's inviting to people. When you, when you throw yourself into making a difference in the world, other people want to join you in that. I think this church 
we do a real good job of, of witnessing or evangelizing by our actions, by getting out into the world and making a difference. I want to praise you at this point because I, I have seen that, that you are passionate about so many of these causes and missions and ministries, and, and, and that's infectious to people. In a couple of weeks, you will have a chance to live into this as we have this service opportunity fair after each worship service in two weeks' time. Uh, there will be tables set up in our gym, and you can find a place for you to dig in, a place for you to share your passion about making a difference in the world. And then three months from now, let's see that slide. So it's all right to get out your personal devices, or your, I still carry a calendar that I write in. But three months from now, on that Sunday, April 24th, we're going to do Rethink Church Plus One again. Some of you are guests with us this day, and you say, what does that mean? That means we call off worship services here in order to be in service out in the world. And we live into some of those causes. And the plus one is we invite somebody along with us. I'm asking you right now to start being in prayer about what are you passionate about? What is God calling? What's on your heart to make a difference in the world? And then who is that person you might invite, that friend, that relative, that associate, that neighbor, so that they could join you in that and, and do like Helen did there. And then the talking will come up as a part of that as we make a difference in the world. We have some examples of those Rethink Church projects. So maybe you saw this in the paper this past week about Queen Lola. Do you see that? The Nubian Queen in East Austin. Uh, Terry Thomas has been real involved with this group, a member of the church. I know the Fellowship Sunday School class has invested a lot in this, this ministry. For you linear people out there, Queen Lola will drive you crazy, okay? Because she's simply trusting God. She simply loves Jesus Christ and, and homeless people, and she tries to feed them and to find them shelter. And, and she was recognized this past week by Tyson Foods, and they gave her a new bus so she could expand her ministry. Just a, a beautiful example of someone who says, love never ends, that... Uh, She's a real powerful witness to me. And, and then there's a couple of guys, and, and we have Bryce and Grayson. Y'all are sitting right in the back. Could y'all stand on the back pew there? Could, they're right there in the back. Grayson, <laughs> Bryce. Uh, a year and a half ago when we did Rethink Church Plus One, these guys had this idea of got nets. And the, the basic thing is they saw some basketball goals that maybe were in some rundown uh, playground areas, and they said, you, you know, we could put a backboard up there, or they need a net there. And, and so they rehabbed some of these basketball goals in those neighborhoods. They formed a 5013C corporation <laughs> in the time since then, so that this can continue. So th those are just some of the, the things you get passionate about, and you get people to join you in, and you say, I do this because love never ends. The love that we've experienced in Christ, we want to share with someone else. The method is not important or as important as the passion. The method will follow your passion, okay? How we witness, how we share the love of Christ in the world. I think the world could use some loving. Can I get an amen here? Huh? Some, I mean, there, there's enough hate in the world already. There's enough pettiness and, and uh, uh, 
hate speech and, and griping at one another and, and getting pulled down by, uh, by uh, I'm not going to even say anything more. So in, tomorrow, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day, and he modeled for us an example of witnessing love in the world about fighting prejudice and about lifting up those who were voiceless. Let's look at this quote from Martin Luther King. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. We need that kind of love, a love that never ends, a love that hopes all things, believes all things, endures all things, love that never ends. This love is shared in very personal kinds of ways. And it's not just by adults, and it's not just with youth, but with children. Look at a Facebook post we had this past week. Can we make that? Can we? Oh, yeah, there it is. <clears throat> we had this last week at our, our website. Um, I love church. I hate not going to church. This is from um, a, a wonderful daughter here in our midst. Children can do this just as well as adults and youth can do it. And we have so many more platforms to do this now, right? With all the social media that we have going on around us. Our witness of love is personal. Uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? We're not just trying to get another notch in our Bible and say, okay, look, you know, I, I won somebody else over to Christ. It's, it's more about your sharing of your personality with that other one. Tell you a personal story. Uh, Kathy and I attend Rancho de Taos Presbyterian Church when we're in northern New Mexico. We have a little condo in Angel Fire, New Mexico, but on Sunday mornings, we get up to go to worship at the 9 a.m. worship service at Rancho de Taos Presbyterian Church. I would tell you that we go there at 9 because the swimming pool opens at 10 and we go swimming after we go to worship. But that's not the real reason we go at 9 a.m. The reason we go to that, we, have, we pass a lot of other churches to go to that church. We go to that church because the first time we attended Rancho de Taos Presbyterian Church, there's only like 30, 35 people in worship. So we stood out. Okay, they knew, <laughs> they knew that we were guests at this congregation. But when we passed the peace of Christ, just like we did here, there was one woman who came to us and she said, now, some of us, in fact, most of us, after worship, we go to brunch at the Holiday Inn and we would love for you to join us. The reason we go there is because of her personal invitation, because she, it was not just some formality that she was going through. She was extending the welcome even deeper by inviting us to brunch. It's that simple. It's that personal in this love that never ends. In your worship bulletin, I hope you found this little card. I know they've been dropping out all over the place, but if you could find that little card... If not, I'm going to go through this real quickly. This is, this is an action item for you, not just to be thinking about Rethink Church Plus One, but something you can do right here in worship like that woman did with us at Rancho State Taos Presbyterian Church. I'm going to invite you after I pronounce the benediction and after we sing that Go Now in Peace song is to meet somebody you do not know, <laughs> to... Take some time to 
extend the invitation just a little bit deeper. It's this 5:10 link rule. Five refers to time. The, the five minutes before worship starts and the five minutes after worship gets over, the most important time if you're a guest who has come here. So I'm challenging you to meet someone you don't know within that five minutes. They did this at the early service. I was amazed. I was standing there all by myself. Nobody was going out. They were just all talking. I go, whoa. Please, please follow their example. Ten refers to space. Someone new within ten feet of you, um, if you would greet them. What we tend to do is to get in little circles, and it's very hard to break in. Look for that person within ten feet of you. Link you find somebody new, you find out something about them, and you try to connect them with someone else with that same interest. Oh, you're, you like disc golf. Well, hey, this other person likes disc golf. You're real interested in Habitat for Humanity. Well, let me introduce you to Gerard over here, and you, you do that kind of thing. Oh, you're having a baby. Oh, this other person over here is having a baby as well. It's that kind of thing. W would you do that with me? Would you do that at the close of worship, please? Yes, nod. Okay, eye contact, thank you. All right, good. All right, thank you. We do this witnessing, this sharing of Christ because Christ has loved us and because love never ends. We do this because there's a lot of needs in the world. Can I get an amen here? So some of you have learned that I'm going for my certification as a personal fitness trainer. This has gotten me outside of the church. This has gotten me into other arenas. You will now find me from time to time in gyms. <laughs> my mentor and I, she has taken me to various gyms. And at one of these gyms, early one morning... There was this man, and I'm leaving, and he goes like this with his finger. He goes like this. And I go over to him, and he said, I heard that you were a clergyman. How did that get out? <laughs> I said, uh, yes, sir, I am. He said, uh, and I heard that you're going to become a personal fitness trainer. I said, uh, yes, sir, I, I am. He said, why are you doing that? What's your motivation? And I said, I believe in wholeness, in holiness, that we were made to be as best we can be in our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our memories, our relationships, and I, I want to try to live in to that. He goes, oh. I went on my way. I found out from my mentor that his name is, we'll call him Bill. Next time I'm in the gym and I'm leaving, he goes. I go over to him. And I found out a little bit of his backstory. And I said, uh, Bill, I understand that you had a heart event. He goes, yeah, I had a heart attack. That's the reason I'm here. I said, how'd that come about? He said, within six months' time, I had the death of my wife, and then my daughter died. He said, I went to my cardiologist after they died because I had my heart attack. And my cardiologist, he said, uh, you have this, and it's a Japanese word. I can't pronounce the Japanese word. And Bill asked his cardiologist, what does that Japanese word mean? 
And his cardiologist said, it means you have a broken heart. You know what Bill needed? He didn't need a personal fitness trainer. He needed a clergyman. He needed somebody who would talk to him about Jesus, who talked to him that he's loved, that he's not forgotten. He needed to know that love never ends. I don't know what's going to happen in that relationship, but there's a lot of needy people out there, and the word gets out that you may have some connection with Jesus, and they want to hear what that connection is. Be open to that. You're going to have opportunities to witness to your faith. There was a very powerful witness that's come just in the last two days. Friday afternoon, I had a phone call from Jay Elder up here. And Jay, some of you may not know, has had a diagnosis of cancer. It's liver cancer. And we had such hopes. And we had some good treatments and we had some options and things looked very hopeful for a long time. But Jay told me on Friday afternoon that the treatment options have been exhausted. And that it's looking like hospice from this point on. So you don't have to say it. I will say it for you. I was numbed. I was in shock. Because I had my hopes all built up. And now they were just down. And beyond that, I was angry. I'm just going to say it right here in the house of God. I was mad. It's not so much mad at God. God's big enough to take that. But I was mad at the cancer, you know. I'm mad at the unfairness of this. It's not supposed to be. Jay's 37. He's got two little boys, got another kid on the way. It's not right. It shouldn't be. That's, that's my take on it. All right, I'm mad about that. I asked Jay, where are you now? And he told me, and I said, could, could we meet tomorrow? And he said, yes. And so yesterday, Saturday, 4.30, I was over at Jay's house with Don and there are two little boys and other family members and two, these two sisters that are here nearby. And, and we prayed. See, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go over there and pray with Jay. And I wanted to go over there and weep with Jay. And this is not verbatim, but one of the things Jay said in his prayer was, Thank you, God. <laughs> Jay was grateful. <laughs> he said... Thank you, God, that through this, I've grown closer to you. I've grown closer to my family. I've grown closer to my friends. Thank you, God. I know there are 200 people I could call upon, and they would be there for me. He said, most of us don't ever realize how much we're loved until something like this happens in our lives. He prayed a prayer of gratitude. He witnessed to me that love never ends. We're going to pray for Jay <laughs> right now. I've asked Jay permission to do this. I have some oil of myrrh, one of the first gifts offered to the baby Jesus by those wise men, one of the last gifts offered to Jesus on the cross, wine mixed with myrrh. I'm going to anoint Jay we're going to lay hands on Jay. I know family members, you're right there around Jay. You can't touch Jay, but you can hold your hands out. Would you, would you be in prayer for us as we 
anoint Jay here. Jay, in the name of Jesus Christ, our great physician, may all about you be well. We lay hands on. Holy God, here's your child, Jay. You know all about him and all that you know about him. You love. Before he was born, you loved him. Every breath of life, every beat of his heart is a gift from you and is filled with love. And even after Jay dies, you will still love him. In life, in death, in life beyond death, you are our God. There are no boundaries on your love. Gracious God, hold him very near you for the living of these days that life may be full, full of your presence, full of your love, full of our love. Gracious God, bless Dawn here. Bless their two sons and the son that's on the way. Bless these other family members and friends. Bless our prayers as we walk this journey with Jay and may he know that he is not alone and that we have no fear. I make this prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jay's boys learned of their dad's diagnosis yesterday. And their elder son drew me a picture. I have original art. This is what heaven looks like. And these little boys don't have any fear as they know who holds Jay and that love never ends. That's the good news I have to share with you this day, that love never ends. Amen.